Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the vibe of Saturday Night Nerd live streaming podcast. And we have a bonus episode for you guys today with a celebrity special guest here with us. And ladies and gentlemen, as you can see, he is in the corner having the time of his life. Ladies and gentlemen, are you today for the night? Page. What's up, nerds? Jason Page on the microphone again. Right here with the nerds, gonna keep y'all feeling high. Yes. What's up, party people? Jason Page is here to answer some questions to keep y'all in entertainment mode. I also got some JP. Gold training cars right here that's going to be flying out, yeah. people. Yeah. Yo, yo. Boom. Pow. Pow. Throwing them out. Throwing them out. Like money. Making it rain. Making it rain, JP cards. And I'm very happy to be here with you guys. Who, who we got on the line so I can I can meet all you guys? Who we got? So uh, started with me is Deontay the Giant. Talking to the nerd. Deontay the Giant. Deontay the Giant. Deontay the Giant. Deontay the Giant. I guess uh, you could call me Will. Or Emperor Will. Or Emperor Will. Emperor Will! It's just me. I'm just Cameron. Somebody explains that. Yeah, yeah. We talking to the nerds night now. Wait now. Where are we broadcasting live? I'm streamyarding, but where are we going live at? We have uh, here uh, our Missouri. YouTube channel. Uh, YouTube. Oh. Absolutely. Oh, multiple. Yeah. You guys are multiple. So we're we're multi-stream casting right now. Absolutely. YouTube. Where else? Where else? We got Twitch and then uh, Twitch. Facebook Live. Sweet. Oh, excellent. Excellent. Uh, very glad. You know, maximizing the followers, maximizing the potential right here. That's the way to do it, you guys. Absolutely, man. Uh, so Absolutely. without further ado, I'll get into the theme song. And then right after that, we can just jump right into the vibes. All right. All right. Here we go. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. I did not have all that background. That's a jam. That's a jam, you guys. What, what was that theme song? That was y'all's theme song? 
Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. Thank yeah, you. thank you. Thank you. My, my cousin was the producer for that, and uh, we, we've been using it and jamming out. Nice beats. Nice beats. Thank yeah. you. And we loved your remix of it, too. Dude. It was awesome. Yeah, I like that, to I like that, to do that, some. Sometimes I get with the looper and I just play a song and then I try to imitate the whole song on the looper as as closely as I could possibly do it with my mouth, with no instruments, with no no programming, just me. It's a beat. The vocal cords are an instrument, so yeah. Anyway, y'all you got to stop me because I could just keep going. Yeah, I was having a ball. So we got Mac, a.k.a. your boy, is in our comment section. Uh, shout out to everybody over at that feeling podcast network is that that's our uh, long time uh, podcast family. Uh, so shout out to him and uh, Kelvin Cately, AKA black Mac, black, so, black, yeah. black, 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 yeah, uh, so um, without further ado, we'll pretty much just jump right into the first question. And, just get um, into it. Jump right in. Come on, party people got to jump right in. Come on, party people got to jump right in. Come on, party people got to jump right in. Come on, party people got to jump right in. Come on, party people got to jump right in. Come on, party people got to jump right in. Come on, party people got to jump right in. This is awesome. This is the best thing ever. Oh, my gosh. So you clearly have a talent for just busting up beat and just with your voice and everything what what specifically made you want to go into like the music industry um the industry well was an outlet to make money and to express myself and to distribute myself throughout the world um of course now that ended the music industry is tiktok <laughs> the music industry is youtube is twitter is Streamyard feeding right to people right now on a looper with absolutely nothing i don't even need to i don't need to write a song i don't need to produce a song i don't need to distribute a song everything happens in one moment right now but back in the day you had to you had to you had to go into the music industry or else you were there was nothing to do. You could you could play your guitar on the street and people could come by and hear you. But besides that, you had to actually engage with people, make a cassette demo tape on an eight track recorder and walk that bad boy around knocking on doors to say, hey, hey, this is my demo. You guys, you know, what, what do you think? You know, you get you interested and then actually walking knocking on the doors of those with the demo and saying hey you got a club you know let me play your club this is my band and and yeah. you couldn't even really i mean you couldn't you couldn't even show them a video of your band it was like that wasn't even possible it was really you know it it was it, it was a it was a climbing up the mountain basically really a, a massive mountain to climb up to to get yourself heard on anything and of course you had your three channels that let you know what you could be which was MTV VH1 and public access television and i had a had a cable tv show on the public access network right over here where is it it's somewhere on here it's called the what's up show 
I got I got my 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 shirt of credits on right here. Anyway, it's on here shirt. somewhere. Love that. Got shirt. the shirt of credits because you know everybody's. I don't like to talk about my stuff, so I just go. <laughs> let, let, let my shirt. Oh, it's Yeah. Right. Oh, I don't talk about it. I just show it or sing it. Uh, but yeah, so you know, I mean, um, I had albums in the house when I was a kid, and that was the music industry. And uh, my father was in a wedding band. My grandfather, too, was in, you know, bands at clubs and stuff. But I never really I never really heard them play that much. They were just that was just their their profession. Um, so when I started writing songs and, and realizing I needed to I needed to put a band together, me and my friends in school put the band together, we played the talent shows and then we tried to play the clubs in New York City. We got ourselves a record deal with Imago Records and uh, matter of fact, I am just now in the process of importing these bad boys right here that I found in the closet. I got these high eight tapes. This was we actually started recording tapes before they even had the high eights. We had them on VHS tapes and uh, yeah. and and then the high eights came in second. So now I'm, I'm importing all these high eight tapes. And this band was playing every club in New York City, every club in New Jersey, all up and down the East Coast, just trying to. Trying to get signed, and we got signed by Imago Records, and then the record never came out. So that was the first sort of music. Well, actually, before that, my band was produced by my drummer's my drummer's father enlisted this guy named Steve Katz to actually. It was a a, a series of three producers. There was one one producer with, that did a song called "Watch the Closing Doors." <laughs> Watch the closing doors. Remember that IRT. Yeah was the name of that band and this producer steve sells produced but somehow the drummer's father hooked up with him got him to produce our record our record our demo and that demo and then he kind of fell off and then we we got another producer named uh steve katz who was the guitar player of you so very happy i'm so glad you came into my life <laughs> blood sweat and tears he was a guitar player original guitar player from that i was only 14 at the time but he produced the demo in his house in purchase new york up, up, upstate once again the drummer's father hooked up this guy somehow because he was produced he produced our demo on a tascam four track and uh that band kind of you know got a little turmoil as 14 and 15 year olds will start fighting and not really get along. <laughs> yes, and then that, that drummer's father, then he hooked up another dude from this band called heaven named Mark Cunningham and Mark Cunningham produced our demo. And that demo got us a management deal with none other than <laughs> which is kiss. Paul Stanley's record company, champion uh, management company, champion management signed that band and that band did a, a showcase and that showcase didn't result in any record deals. And it fizzled out again. Then we got then we then this other band happened with playing around all New York City and that band got signed by Imago Records and uh, Imago Records hooked us up with uh, with a producer. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 
Anyway, Bernard Edwards. Bernard Edwards was my producer for that band at that time. The bass player from Chic. And uh, and then the band broke up again. You know, that's what happens with bands. The, the label fell apart. The band got dropped. And, you know, it was just it was the, it was the way to, to get out into the world was to have to enter the music industry. And at that point, after that band broke up, I was able to make a demo on my own. We had now had digital all these demos and we did with everybody. But these producers that I mentioned had to be done in major studios or somebody's house with it. Steve Katz had that that Tascam four four track, but yeah. we actually, that four track got us into a full studio to make the real demos. But at this point, after the record deal broke up, we could buy our own digital audio workstations. Basically we had a Mac hooked up to four Tascam. I'm um, sorry. Uh, a what, what was the, even the brand of that? ADATs. They were ADATs. And ADAT was the, one of the first home digital recording systems. Recorded my jingle demo with my my partner Russ Irwin, who that went later went on to be the keyboard player of Aerosmith, and that jingle demo got circulated, knocking on doors again, as you know, trying to trying to get gigs as a jingle per producer, jingle writers, and we got hooked up with a couple of jingle houses. One of them was Rave Music, one of them was uh, uh, New York Jam, and we booked Lego Mania, Lego Mania, Lego's got a lot that's new. That whole jam, which, by the way, I'm getting ready to drop a 2023 remix of the Lego Mania theme song. It is going to be absolute fire. And I, I will actually give you all guys a little sample of it right now just because as I can, because I can. But no one no one's heard it yet. Legendary. No one's heard it. You heard you heard it first from here, people. Yeah, the first time. All right, that's it. That's it. You know, I gotta, you gotta download it. Download it when it gets released to hear more of it. That's awesome. You heard it, folks. Watch out for Lego. Hey, we heard it here first. Yeah, and uh, yeah, yeah. we have a guest. Uh, his son just graduated high school, and he was looking to see if uh, he could get a shout-out. It's Connor Locke. Uh, Connor! Yes, sir. <laughs> he just got some love from JP. There Thank it everybody is. everybody for tuning in and watching the show. Uh, we he just gave us a little backstory on uh, his record deal and then some some uh, projects that he's been working on. So, yep. Uh, yep. How it all came of, about. Go ahead. Oh, outside of like the pre. Well, before I go there, uh, your tour with Aerosmith. Uh, how's that experience for you? Uh, well, I was on I was on tour with them, but I was not an official employee of Aerosmith. As I said, my partner Russ Irwin, who was the keyboard player of Aerosmith, was the official employee, playing and singing all the backgrounds. And I would show up at, at first. First, actually, I went to him 
went with him to the actual audition, helped him set up his stuff and, you know, got to know the band right from the first audition that he had. Uh, and then when I showed up at the gig, he and Steven Tyler were backstage rehearsing going, la ga ha ga ha ga ha ga ha all up and down with their vocal exercise and i just i just jumped in with and steven was like whoa whoa what the fuck is that dude yo he didn't you know at this point i think this is 1998 he didn't really, people didn't hear beatboxing other than, which, you know, fat boys and like a couple of Rozelle was kind of on some scene, but you, you didn't hear it. It wasn't like the internet where you could just, you could hear all kinds of stuff. Uh, so I just beatboxed in front of Steven Tyler and he was like, yo, you got to come up on stage and do that, bro. When the, it's already pink, when the, uh, we're going to do the section, I'm going to tell, I'm going to tell. I'm going to tell the band to cut out and, you, and, and I'm going to pass you the mic and you just, you just keep beatboxing over the set. And I was like, for real, for real though. <laughs> he was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on. We're going to do it. We're going to do it. And it, you know, meanwhile, it's 40,000 people out there in I think it's Hartford. And I'm like, he's just going to coordinate that and get this the microphone with the sound man and tell the band to do all this stuff right there. And there, everybody's going to going to go ahead and do that. And now I'm going to jump out there and beatbox <laughs> during this song in front of 40,000 people. Apparently. Okay, yeah, yeah, right, right. He's <laughs> right, that's right. Uh-huh, God. sure. And I was standing <laughs> off to the side of the stage and he was like, yo, yo, you ready? You're... He pointed at me and I was like, All right, all right. <laughs> and he came over during that part of the uh Pink is my new obsession. Pink is not even question. The breakdown, and I just went. <laughs> the band dropped out and he kept singing and it was the crowd went crazy and it was like it was perfect it was like you know it was a great vibe and then i sang backgrounds on a couple other songs subsequently after that and then everywhere that aerosmith was if i would show up they would pull me out to do that part and That's then awesome. i went i went i had a a, a, a girlfriend who would in Japan and she said come on hang out with me in Japan and we'll go around to all the Aerosmith gigs and we went to every Aerosmith gig in Japan oh, and nice. basically we we're on tour with them but you know didn't didn't get paid number one but got that that highlight that solo mm -hmm. step out beatbox before anybody even knew what beatbox was you right. know it was I mean it was just kind of crazy so that also uh led to me being called a few times in New York for different sessions where they were, they were doing some live thing and they wanted me to beatbox for the live thing, which led to the Howard Stern thing. We did like NEW and a couple other radio station uh, promo things before that Howard Stern thing happened. And then Howard Stern used to rock that all the time on his show. It became one of the top 10 Howard Stern moments. And then just recently he dropped the video of it and it was like, Wow. It was just, you know, it was just the real energy, you know, we just had this, 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 this thing that was alive and, and real and like very authentic and the people just responded to it. So that's, and I just dropped it a couple of days ago on my IG again. 
just to remind people that uh, you know been in, in the game a long time. <laughs> it, it took oh me gosh. back seeing Howard Stern for sure. Right, right. He's still doing stuff. He's still out there. Yeah, he was. He was. He was up there when I was young. Like man, yeah. They're older than me. Yeah, like, only by a few years, but still. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's crazy. Yep. That's my Aerosmith story. Absolutely. <laughs> did, did anybody want to know about like his his history with like Michael Jackson? I believe. Yeah, the I was. I was just gonna ask, like, has he ever met Michael, and what was that whole experience like? Well, yeah, Michael he... Jackson was, uh, in case you don't know, <laughs> during his live concert, I, I did protection, gangs, nations, got the group fit, human relations, it's a turf war on a global scale. I'd rather hear both sides of the tail. See, it's not about race, the space, spaces. We can pluck guns from us, we can space it. See, sharp, get color. I'm not going to spend my life being the color. Yeah. The crowd was crazy. Literally, the crowd was absolutely insane. There was more applause in between the songs than the length of the song. He would do a three-minute song, and then the applause would be 15 minutes. And then they would set up for the next song, and then he'd be a three-minute song, and then another 15 minutes of applause. It took so long. Yeah. Oh my it was incredible. That was an incredible experience. I was a background singer, and uh, and uh, I sang backgrounds on all of the music in the whole concert. The first part of the concert, if you see on, on, on YouTube, you can watch it, uh, was Whitney Houston, Usher, NSYNC, Ray Charles, Liza Minnelli, all these other superstars that came out and did Michael Jackson songs. Destiny Child, actually, Destiny Child was one of the one of the acts that did not do a Michael song. They did like their own medley, I think, and we sang backgrounds for them. And uh, but most people sang Michael Jackson songs. And then the Jackson Five came out for for the reunion. It was basically a 30th anniversary reunion for Michael Jackson. And, and the Jackson 5, and they came and did all of their songs all squashed together in a medley, all the best songs. And then they went away, and uh, with backgrounds and all of that, on all of those old OG Michael Jackson, uh, all those OG Jackson 5 songs, that they were not singing much backgrounds because they're spinning around, not even touching the mic. <laughs> uh, dancing around like that, you know, doing their dance moves, so they need background singers to right. sing their parts. <laughs> uh <clears throat> And then the, the final part of the show was Michael doing his music, which was all of his mad hits. And when they came to Black and White, they were like, uh, anybody in the background group know uh, can, somebody can do the, the rap for Black and White? I was like, yep, yep, you know I can. I'm right here. I got lots of, <laughs> lots of experience tw twisting my voice into all kinds of different sounds and shapes and colors. <laughs> And nationalities and uh, tones, and I sh put my voice into that into that song for those two shows, and that was my step out. Another sort of like Steven Tyler moment where it was just like, yeah. Yeah. "You, you do this, come on, let's do it." And I was like, "All right, let's do it." <laughs> um, I think they might have had Heavy D planned on doing it, and then he didn't show up, or something went down, and they needed somebody else to do it, so. Whoever did it on the actual record was not impressive, though. So I feel like 
Like my version is already better than what Michael recorded. But yeah, he was there at the rehearsals. He was there telling us what to sing. He was there, you know, guiding the whole show and being a super duper professional, like totally approachable, totally like on hands on. He wasn't like this thing that they just wheeled in and he just did his thing and then they wheeled him out. He was like he was in there. He was in there with every artist organizing where they went and what they did. He was there with the background singers, you know, telling us what parts to sing and how to blend. And it was, it was really, it was really incredible. That first moment of meeting him was definitely a, a shock of like, Oh my God, I'm, I'm what is this real? Is that is this real? I'm really in this room with Michael Jackson. And then, you know, you kind of got used to it and like, uh, and then just, it was just like, he was just like anybody else. Oh, right. Yeah. It was great. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's probably how we're feeling about you right now. I mean, you're just, you're <laughs> an icon. In a way, guy. thank you. I, I really appreciate that. I mean, I, this is way more attention than Michael gave us <laughs> as singer. He was he was definitely giving it, giving everybody, giving everybody some love and, and working yeah. on the show. But yeah, I understand that. Like in my life, Michael Jackson was the, the voice that had played the most during my childhood so it's the only thing i can compare to and uh, strangely on my pokemon theme video many of the comments are i thought it was michael jackson a lot of people actually just assume it's michael jackson because it's that iconic and he's that iconic so it must be michael jackson that sings and it kind of sounds like him a little bit you know <laughs> oh my god! Well, speaking, well, speaking, of, speaking of, of course, the, I, the legendary song. Uh, uh, I know we want to get a little bit more into the present, but uh, sure. if you don't mind answering now, uh, how how did you uh, how did you how did you first get uh, like involved in like the theme song? Like, were you approached, or did you lo- go looking for it? Like, how did you get involved? Well, like I said earlier, we made that demo tape, and when we started going around and doing demos for these jingle houses, the one house I did it for New York Jam that resulted in the Lego Mania commercial and and lots of other commercials, and then this other one, Rave Music, I sent, which was also called Paradise Music. I did Domino's Pizza Delivers and some other <laughs> jingles for them. And so, what wound up happening when we were handing these tapes around is that all of these places would hire us to produce the song. And then perform as many, you know, sometimes they would they would say, give us it's a big campaign. It's a big audition. So give us as many spots as you as you have as you want. So we would do three or four different versions of like Lego Mania. We did three or four spots and Mm -hmm. one of them won. But they would also be producing them on their own in the Jingle House with other music producers. So it's always a paid audition, basically. So it turns out that, like, I would do mine, my couple of songs that we wrote and produced, and then I would go and sing a couple of theirs as well. So I wound up going around to all of the Jingle Houses and singing and being known to, to sing them even more than write them, even though I wrote the Legomania with, with my partner, Russ, uh, from Aerosmith. Uh, and uh, we had written some stuff for for this company as well and sang some stuff for them as well. So they knew my voice when they got the assignment from Pokemon to to oh, they got it from four kids. Four kids got an assignment from Pokemon to do the English dub and to do everything they needed to do. 
And then they went to work on producing the music for it. And it, that first thing that that involved was the theme song, which involved a brief. I'm sure they got the brief. I didn't read it. But, you know, we were told what it was like, what they wanted when we got in there. And right. we watched a little bit of the video of the Japanese version before it had been dubbed and we kind of see okay it's that show and they want a young rock sound and here's kind of what the lyric should be except the lyric was catch him if you can catch him if you can and that was that was what we sang in the first session catch him if you can and then that's the paid audition so you know we get paid to do that audition for them and they they send it off to pokemon and pokemon says no, we we like the sound of it. We like the song, but this catch them if you can isn't isn't working. So we're gonna re, we're gonna rethink that. And then they came back. We gotta catch them all. And then we went back in and recorded that. So it's basically all of the sessions that I do that are all over my shirt. And some, you know, some of the successes of those ses sessions are paid auditions, basically, for session singers, basically. So the Jingle House would pay me to go Subway Eat Fresh. <laughs> and a hundred other different different little hooks that that eventually wound up being that one. Oh, okay. uh, Man. So that's how that's how Pokemon happened. Wow, that is crazy! It's all these different. And then the TV movies. show went. The TV show became a huge success uh, because because of everybody that that was watching it and loving it. And then all they were us. like, "Well, let's make a record of this because you know let's make a record and and put a whole bunch of songs together so that company uh paradise music did the full version of the theme they added a second verse they added a guitar solo and i sang the whole thing and the other company that i work for new york jam that did the lego mania song with us uh they did the other song i'm on the road to the real city they wrote and produced that one. So I went into New York Jam and sang that for, for the other company that I had been working for for a long time. So I knew these guys for a very long time. We had a very deep relationship uh, musically and business wise. Um, and they knew that I was a, that I was a, that my voice could do basically what they wanted or what they thought that Pokemon wanted. Right. They were right. They were spot on with that. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> it's who you know and just putting yourself out there. Mm -hmm. yep. he was, yeah, yeah, pretty much. It really is a putting putting yourself out there on an actual physical cassette tape. That's <laughs> how so we got those jingle gigs. Yeah. And we made up jingles that, that had no that were just completely made up. We just did an AT and T thing and we wrote a little voiceover and I did all the voices on it and then we just handed that up. We made it was like seven or eight jingles on that made up tape. Man. Yeah. That's how you do it. You know, I feel like the dudes the dudes at the pier and the dudes down in Hollywood handing out their CDs on the on the street. It was pretty much that. But back in the day. No, that was the real hustle, like the mixtapes and demos. Yep. And yeah. You don't have to do that anymore. It's sad. Yeah, you just got an email. <laughs> well, they still do it. Some some people, I still, you know, there's still some dudes down there doing it. Absolutely. I grab a, a, a CD from somebody, give them $5, $10 every now and then. Yeah. And then I, I bring it home and I never listen to it. Yeah, absolutely. Man. Uh, did you, did you, uh, you just got back from Europe. Uh, how, how was that? Oh, Europe is incredible. Uh, I was on a store tour. It's a European store tour with Jason Page. Um, it was just, uh, and I did one 
one uh, like Comic Con type event while I was there, but I was the only person signing autographs at the Comic Con. It was mostly just the, uh, uh, you know, they had they had all the all the vendors like the regular Comic Cons, except in the Netherlands. And the stores are really great because it's a small, intimate environment of. 50 to 200 people that show up depending on how big the places are one of them i couldn't even they couldn't they couldn't fit more than three four people in the front of the place so i everybody lined up outside they came in they got an autograph and a photo and then i went outside and stood on the stoop of the place and sang the pokemon theme song with a guitar outside on the street i was basically oh, back to street performing again um yeah. but the stores were amazing they had some uh, stores in Germany that were run by collectors. They basically were like a museum, like a, mm. a, a, a incredible collections of of like all the Kobe Bryant. This guy's like the largest Kobe Bryant collector in the world. He had, he had, he might even had Kobe Bryant ashes there in the store. He was like, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. He had Kobe Bryant shoes. He had Kobe Bryant autographs on all things. He had a a, a gold chain that he wore with a hat or something in a case from the funeral that he went to. It was it was crazy. It was just an amazing amazing place. What's that? He didn't happen to have any of his hair, did he? Kobe Bryant. Hair? You know they he might have had clothing items and they might be DNA certified with some <laughs> kind of sweat from them on there. I wouldn't be surprised. Um, you know they're doing that with cards. They 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 DNA certify like jerseys and stuff, and they put them in cars. These guys got all those kind of cars. Then he had lots of jerseys hanging on the wall. So I wouldn't be surprised. It's B Brothers on Instagram. It's really crazy. You check out check out some of the stuff. He also had a, a Charizard that he burned. Right where the Charizard fire comes out of his mouth, he lit that part on fire. So it was like the Charizard had burned the side of the car with his fire. Okay. And then I signed that card. Got to burn them all. It was really cool. <laughs> really, really, really great. Great stores with great, great communities of people because, you know, they're interacting in the stores uh, and yeah. they, they have tournaments and games in the stores. It's not just they're not just there to sell product. They're there to yeah. build communities. And that's. It's really special. That's the really special part. Absolutely. Awesome. Uh, how many uh, how many uh, conventions or cons would you say that you go to like within a year? Um, I go to one or two a month usually. I mean, that's how that's kind of what it's been. I'm going to all of the Collecticons this year, which is a pretty much a card convention with mostly Pokemon. But there's other oh. card card companies that that are part of it, like uh, Nostalgics, which is a new card game that I sang. If you're lucky, then you can't be the king of the hill. Just keep trying until you get lucky. Produced and wrote oh. their their theme song, which is dope. And uh, there's a whole bunch of other card companies showing up at these places. And uh, you know who was at the last one? Tone Loke. Funky Comadina. He oh. he performed at the last one, and before that, Yin Yang Twins to the window to the wall. They were wow. at it, and I think Sugar Ray is going to be at the one in Long Beach, and Steve Aoki is going to be performing at one of them as well. So, Collecticon is starting to step up the talent at the at the event, and oh, and I'm yeah. at all of them performing before these acts as well. So, oh my god, I'm kind of like the mainstay. I've been there since the first Collecticon, and they just keep on bringing these other people in. That basically, I open for them, but they're really just you know second to my to my Pokemon theme song. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, you got a great opener to that. Uh, absolutely. No, Tone Loke was right. good, though. He was really good. I, I yeah. was very surprised with him. Vanilla Ice did all the shows last year. 
And he was great too. These 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 old old school nostalgic acts are are really they're really in demand right now because people really want to they want to go back. They want to resonate with that 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 youthful, joyful yeah. childhood feeling. Yeah. That only n nostalgia. It's just nostalgia yeah. is really good. Yeah. It's a great feeling. Absolutely, yeah. So, uh, uh, Pokemon became a huge hit. Uh, like, it still is after so many years. Did you ever get into like? Uh, I mean, obviously the fandom, but did you ever get into like the games or the trading cards or the show? Any? Of that um, I watched the show a couple times. Uh, once, once you know everything kind of popped again. And I didn't really understand what's going on. And I watched because I was watching it on my phone. <laughs> and just recently when I was in Europe, I watched it on a big flat screen TV that was like a jumbo, you know, full theater size. And I really got into it. And I was like, oh, now I started feeling something for these characters. Because you can't <laughs> feel that much when you're watching on a little screen or even on your computer. But when it's on the wall. It was just I was like, I wanted to know what was happening. I like wanted, I, I started caring about it. And I was like, oh, and the song came on. I was like, oh, let's go. It was like it was a different experience. Um, <clears throat> I wish I would have watched it back in the day when we still were watching stuff on TV, uh, you know, and really right. invested myself in it then because then I would have understood the emotional experience people are having with it uh, a right. little bit more. And, uh, and I didn't really do anything re relative to collecting or playing till Pokemon Go came out. And I definitely downloaded that and got into that for a bit. But I realized how complicated it was yeah. and how you yeah. really have to know, you really have to love this, this ecosystem. And, and then, you, I mean, you don't have to, but to really get good at it, you got to know what you're doing. I would get yes. in, in these battles and I would just be like, I don't even know what I'm doing here, which, which Pokemon to choose and how to, how to battle. And it was just, you know, it was enough that I could just catch them at the, I couldn't even catch some of them trying to use the right <laughs> balls and give them the right fruits and the different things. And like, wow, this is this. So then I, I, I started sat down with some people at a game at one of their tournaments that, that was going on at a Comic-Con. And I was like, this is the college level course right here that you need to take in order to get that game going. They were, they were, he was trying to explain it to me. And I was like, I'm sorry. I need, I need that. You know, I got, they had this at NYU. I would have taken it perhaps at the time <laughs> when I went to NYU, because it felt like a college level sort of course experience that you need to have in order to really execute the way that these guys were executing. So, uh, so I basically started collecting the cards and having to understand the cards because people are bringing me cards to sign. And I started selling my autograph on cards instead of just posters. And that meant that I needed to know the value of these cards and uh, not to, and know, you know, the characters that made that made sense and how cards are graded. And people would be, bring me up because at first I got really taken advantage of. Because people would just send me these cards that I would sign for my, for for whatever it was. I, I think I, I was charging $10 an autograph for the first time somebody bought 100 cards from me. Oh, wow. I think my autograph was $20 at the time on, on at Comic-Cons. And... Uh, and somebody said, Hey, if I buy a hundred cards, can you do $10? And I was like, yeah, Oh my God, a hundred cards. Yeah. $10 a card. And he sent me the cards and each one of those cards is like 50 bucks, 60 bucks, you know, and he sent me some good ones that may have even be more, more than that for the, so for the $10, 
he was, you know, quadrupling his money at right. the very least. Especially and I didn't life. realize what was going on at first. And now I have a thing where like if there's a card, like a card, the, the higher the value of the card, the more the potential resale is with a, with the autograph on it. You know, like a thousand dollar card won't be a thousand dollars and forty. My autograph is forty dollars right now, fifty dollars if you yeah. send it to me. But at Comic Cons, I just try to charge what everyone else is charging, and a, a little bit under because I don't want to be bilking people. And also give a photograph to people at, for free at the Comic Cons. I don't like to charge for that because it's weird, and they got to tell people no pictures. But anyway, the cards—if yeah. there's a card like a thousand dollar card, it might be worth eleven hundred or twelve hundred dollars. If it's a ten thousand dollar card, it might be worth eleven thousand dollars. You know, it might get a thousand dollar bump on an autograph because with a card like that. So I have to start charging more depending on how much how valuable the card is. So my collecting skills, my uh, my eye has gone up a bit just out of necessity to not be taken advantage of by resellers. Uh, but that secondary markets, there's some cars out there that I signed up ten thousand dollars trying to try to sell that car for ten thousand dollars that I put me pay me forty dollars to sign on a hundred dollar card. I'm like, Ooh. what? So yeah. I'm hoping that it sells because that means that you know it proves the market. Mm -hmm. But you know, there people are they're really there's a massive, massive market of Pokemon sellers out there uh, on all of the streaming apps, yeah. whatnot, and Drip and eBay's got their own streaming platform coming out. So TikTokers are streaming and selling cars. They're selling mm -hmm. cards. There, there are more cars being sold than there is alcohol in this country. Beers. Probably, yeah. <laughs> and probably. way better for you, too. Way better for you. <laughs> Absolutely. That, that's also very true. That's also yeah, true. between Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh, man, there's nothing yep. but money being don't forget, Don't forget Magic, too. Magic. And Magic, yeah, yeah. Magic oh. is the OG. That's the real OG right there. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Magic was yeah. way too confusing for me. I could not. No, I'd never get Another it. one, right. They, they said the Magic gameplay is the best gameplay. Out of all the mm -hmm. games. Right. And now I sell my cards, my 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 voice of a generation trainer cards. They're going for 40 right now, down from 60 uh, on a special right now. But these are the ones that I'm going to give out. I'm, I'm going to sign two of these for you guys. One for your one for your people to give away to somebody today. Right. Oh, and, then I'll, and then I'll and then I'll get um, send one to your for to your, you know, your brand as well. Oh, y'all can, okay. can put up. You yes. definitely appreciate that, man. Yeah, absolutely. 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 I appreciate you guys that, you know, let me come on and, and riff out and yell out like this. Absolutely. This is it. Yeah. No problem. As soon as you go off camera, like we're all going to fight over that card for sure. <laughs> it's mine. It's mine. Rock, paper, scissors. Yeah. Go. Well, I'm going to put the name of the podcast on it so that it'll be all yours. There you go. Oh, there you go. There you go. Nice. There you go. Uh, there you man. go. Uh, yeah. uh, so we'll probably get into Q and A a little bit early. We had a couple questions in the sure, uh, sure. Section. Um, Hit me. Let's see. The first one was Kevin Kelvin Cately, uh, aka Black Mac. He wanted to know Black Mac, Mac, Black Mac, Black Mac, Black, Black Mac. Mac. <laughs> <laughs> he wanted to know how has the age of social media changed how you push your work? Oh yeah, it is. It it it's a whole a whole new world. With likes and follows to accrue, just follow me. My followers will see my numbers going and my influencer <laughs> rate going up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's you know, it's put the control, the 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 business of entertainment, and not just entertainment, but 
many, many businesses back in the control of, of one person in their room by themselves, able to do everything on their own. Yeah. Uh, and now the apps are getting so sophisticated with the editing as well. You can edit and you can distribute and you can monetize and you can do it all right there. Uh, it, it is, right. it is, it, it's, it's a godsend. And I think, and not only is, does it help people to monetize and to, and to run their businesses, but it really is the information pathway for everybody to share and get their own messages out and to really like lift each other up with our unique and individual perspectives on the world. It's not, it, it, there's no, you can't be controlled. And that's why they trying to control it with that TikTok ban. Because yeah. there's just too many people on there. Mm -hmm. It's like, and they don't have control over all those people. And they want control over all those people. And they just can't right. have it because it's too right. many individual voices. And, you know, some of those people are crazy. But that's all right. Yeah. You have to be <laughs> able to identify, you have your own crazy filter. And I'd be able to identify it on your own. If, if you are too dependent on somebody else to identify the crazy for you, then you never develop it on your own. And then you are, you know, you're sitting duck. You walk outside on the street. You can't see what crazy is because they, they've done sanitized it for you already. Right. You need to know and you build your skills with by listening to that crazy person and going, OK, he's crazy. But that one thing he said. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Social media is 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 it? And, and I just learned about a new thing last night called Quartal. Q O R T A L. So as they there's there's centralized platforms like tick, like everything that we run on today, including the internet that's centralized to the internet provider. Uh, Quartal is part of a. It's the next level. Once this censorship censorship basically says you can't have red outline around around your four pictures right there. We're shutting you down. And then, you you know, you're like, wait a second. Come on. I, red outline. I can't do that. Uh, you know, they're just they make the rules and you have to follow them because a centralized place does it. The decentralized world allows for people to continue to have their businesses and their expressions without censorship. It, it's it's not even censorship immu Im immune it's impossible to censor. It's kind of like the Bitcoin blockchain. You can't change it. Once it's there, it's on the blockchain the way it is. Whatever that transaction is, it's always there. You can't, you can't destroy it. Even if you, you can't hack Bitcoin, you can't shut, shut it down. Because if you turned off the lights on all the Bitcoin nodes all around the world, one person would have a solar powered Bitcoin node in the middle of the jungle. And when everybody's lights came on, his node would send the message out to everybody else and just refresh everybody on where, where it's at. So decentralization is going to give us the ability to, to, to be immune to all of the censorship of the current social media world and the current internet world. And, and it's even going to get to the point where there's a thing called mesh networks where you don't need your internet provider because I have a box that's going to shoot out internet to, to everybody in my periphery, just like you can, you can kind of see all the internet uh, signals that are being broadcast by everybody in your building, in your neighborhood. Well, that internet that they're broadcasting will eventually be a decentralized internet that can't be shut down because everybody will be broadcasting it as a, like as a, a primary node in that, and that mesh network will be how you connect to people from the next person down who's broadcasting. If you're in the jungle, it might be a little hard, 
to get yeah. it unless they somebody's broadcasting it, you know, uh, with a with a more powerful antenna that they can broadcast further, like these cell towers that are out here that yeah. people will have, you know, they'll have one on their farm and it broadcasts to the 10 mile radius around them and they can't shut that down because it's solar powered or it's powered by the pig shit that they got on their farm. You know, it's like it's the, the new technology is coming to save us from the new the technology that's out right now that's coming to, to, to trap us. Absolutely. That, I, maybe the next five to 10 years, I, I would say maybe more. Yeah, yeah. Five to 10 years, I would say, because it has to become invisible. Like we don't really think about all of that stuff with, with the apps and how they're doing it and all the censorship and all that stuff. Yeah. It, it just kind of slowly is creeping in on us. Yeah. And then these other platforms will, will emerge and you won't even really it'll they'll just it'll work just exactly the same. And you won't even really be thinking about where it's coming from or how all that stuff that I just talked about is working. It, it'll just it'll just work like your TV worked and then now your computer works and your phone works. And you're not it'll work. trying to figure out how it works. It just works. Yeah. <laughs> work. Uh, uh, so our next question comes from our friend, our good friend Taylor Stiff. Uh, what Taylor is Stiff? Yes. <laughs> what, <That's... laughs> uh, what's uh, behind you, like on the wall? What's uh, what's your favorite collectible that's behind you right now? Oh, you said Taylor's fifth. Stiff. Yeah. Say, oh, I thought you said Taylor Stiff. <laughs> yes, I was like. S T I T H. It's a little it's oh a stitch, little stitch. My bad. I thought it was Taylor Stiff. I was like, oh, that's a good one. I'm sorry. What was the question again from Taylor? Uh, 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 behind. What's your favorite uh, collectible you have behind you right now? Like on up against oh. the wall. Uh, let me see. Let me see. Um, <clears throat> let me see. This is this is the one right here. <laughs> <laughs> not happy. It, it's not working right now, but oh yeah, it is. Hold up. In the back of this thing is a little speaker. This was this was in the blockbuster video in 1998, Woo! and and it is a it is a, a room greeter. <clears throat> Oh and that room greeter means it's got a little hole in the front of it right there that when you walk by it, it detects the light that has been that has been interrupted, the light beam from that little hole. And when you walk by it, it does this. Hold on, let me see if you can hear it. Oh my god, that's awesome. <laughs> that is sick. Hold on, hold on. It does three things. It says Squirtle twice. And then it says. Gotta catch them all up, Pokemon. Yes. Yeah. It's so dope. And, and when I went to Blockbuster Video to get it, they were like, oh, thank God you're taking that thing out of there. We hate that thing. It's just on all day and the night. It just drives us crazy. They had like 10 of them, 15 of them, and they would all just go off every time someone would walk by it. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay, yeah, but they, have, they, have, they have Squirtle, Pikachu, and Charmander. And uh -huh. uh, I didn't I, – I do have a couple of these from then that I bought that I gave to, like, my mom and my, my grandparents. This is my grandparents' house. Uh, where my dad now lives, but these I just got on eBay because I was like, oh, I should bring these to the 
to the events and try to sell them, which I have not done, but I will to the next event in LA because it's too big, you know, it can't be carrying all this stuff around on a plane. Right. Oh, those yeah. those have got to be worth like a good buck, I would imagine. I think they were like $60, $70 on eBay and they're not, they're not in perfect condition. Some of them are better than others. I have like three of them now. Uh, and are they, I could probably sell them for because of 150 to $200 at least because, because it had, it plays the song and that is a representation, yeah. a very accurate representation of me. It's like the, people bring me the CD to sign and sometimes they bring the videotapes for me to sign. And that's another thing that actually contains the song. So right. it's a, a good relevant thing to sign. Absolutely. Um, yeah, they definitely don't want it in the airport because, like, baggage claims will toss it and destroy it, and it's just like, oh, exactly, man. exactly, yeah, yeah. Ah, <laughs> um, oh, man. Uh, Thank you, Taylor. Let's see, Jeffrey. Uh, we already, yeah we, we, yeah, we did ask him about the Michael Jackson uh, thing. Uh, uh, do, do we have any? Do we have any more questions for him, D? Uh, I think I had like one, one more I wanted to ask him. Uh, did you? Uh, I'm good on questions. If there's no no more in the comment section, uh, you, you can fire away. Uh, yeah, I just, uh, just, uh, uh, did you, uh, did you ever imagine, ever think that uh, he's showing off the shirt? Oh man! <laughs> <laughs> did you ever imagine like like you would be like it would be a, when you sang the song when you did the song it would be still a huge hit today and just like how have just like the fans have just like loved you for it after all these years? Well, I mean, I, uh, what I imagined in my mind was that that band that I was started when I was 14 years old would be the reason that I would have lifelong fans because of the songs that I wrote with that band. So the same sort of manifestation was in my mind from 13 to 25 to 25 26 is when i was doing that band and the band went through its 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 many stages to get that happening and then i transferred that same that same wish that same dream to my own music and to working with other artists and michael jackson and and all of those and i get closer and closer uh singing backgrounds for you know, uh, Enrique Iglesias and all kinds of other stars uh, at that uh, at that time, as well as doing my own music. Um, and th the template was to do your own music. That's what everybody that's that's what people were remembered for. There there was not a a thing that, that like this that ever existed. And. So all of these things that I sing, I'm representing the brand. I'm representing the motive of the brand. I'm representing what that company wants to happen. Catch the feeling. Can you feel it? Oh, Coca-Cola. Can you feel it? Can you feel it? You know, it's all about showing up for what that assignment is, what the brand is. And just so happened that showing up for what Pokemon was, was about the lyrics, about what those lyrics are about. And, and it was a real song. It, well, it was only, it was only a minute and a half. So it was still a jingle. It wasn't really a real song until they made it into a single, but the, the song besides to catch them and train them, it, the rest of the lyrics are just general 
things that can be applied to, to life. Uh, and, and so it was, a, it was a great way to have my, my, what I truly believe as a person, basically, to, to, to be the very best and everything that I'm doing. Uh, like no one ever was to be the individual that I am and, and, you know, to, to my, my destiny as well. I know it's my destiny. It's like all these things in this, in the music that were about what my life was trying to be anyway, except not with Pokemon, right. but with, with other things and with my friends and with, you know, to, to defend the world with, with my own strengths and my own unique individuality and uh, have a heart that's true and committed to truth and honesty and trust and have courage to, to, to have that heart and to be that artist and to stand. So like all the lyrics sort of made sense to my life to a degree. And, uh, and my life was about putting out the best art to change people and to, and to affect people. I mean, that's what we're trying to do here. We, we never know what it is that's going to affect people, but we're all trying to do our best to what we do, you're trying to do this podcast the best you can with your best theme song, with that, the best beats in that, in that theme song and the best outline right here and the best graphics and the yeah. best, you know, everything you guys are doing. It. So we're all trying to do our very best at, at all times. And uh, I think one of the reasons that Pokemon is so successful is because it allows people to be that individual, allows you to act on the lyrics through your imagination and and uh, and so, yes, I imagined <clears throat> that I would have these fans. I just didn't didn't imagine that I would have them for this particular reason. And uh, and I'm, I, I have profound gratitude for that. It's an it's an amazing it's amazing an amazing way to yeah. to have it. But no one has ever had this in human history before. The closest thing I think is Barry Manilow. You deserve a break today at McDonald's. <laughs> and Barry Manilow sang some jingles and you know there's just sit right back and you'll hear a tale, a tale of a faithful trip. You got Gilligan's Island and you got yeah. Go Speed Racer, Go Speed Racer, go but none of those things have the ecosystem that Pokemon has with the cards and the games and the, yeah. the events and the movies and, and the cosplay and the art and the TV, the TV show. And the, I mean, there's just so many components to it. So uh, I, I couldn't have imagined it being from representing a brand like this, but it, I did imagine it, it being from my recorded works and the energy and effort that I put into my career as a performer, as indicated by all the other things on my shirt as well. Pokemon <laughs> is just one of many of them. And it wasn't it wasn't this thing until you guys started grew up and said, who is the dude that sings the Pokemon theme song? I did not do this for for my own personal gain. I did it for the product. I did it in service mm. to the thing it, in and of itself, to the art. So right. you guys and you felt that because it wasn't yeah. Michael Jackson up there going, you're my best friend in the world. You must defend. <laughs> it wasn't Michael Jackson. If he if it if they would have got Michael Jackson to sing the theme song, Pokemon would not be where it is because you would be no. thinking Michael Jackson every time you heard a theme song. You are thinking exactly. about the game. You are thinking about the experience. You are thinking about your own imagination at that point. And and 
And that's why it's so huge because of you guys and your expansion and your imagination. And I have to be careful not to not to be too in the way. Like, it's OK for you guys. Now you're adults. You want to hear who 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 sang the song and you want to know about it and you want to you want to tell people about it. But kids don't care. They just want to experience the thing in and of itself. And that is the real magic. When you see a beautiful painting, you don't think about the guy standing there for eight hours painting the thing, whoever it was. You just experienced the painting. Right. Yeah. And that painting gets through to you if if the unless the he unless he painted himself painting it, which is kind of <laughs> how we do with music and, and the way music, even if it's a song about a girl, you know, Michael Jackson sing about Billie Jean. She ain't nowhere in the video. Mm-hmm. Billie Jean is nowhere to be found. Like <laughs> even when we do songs about things, they aren't even in there. It's just all about the person, the cult of celebrity. And the celebrity is the song. I'm just the trigger. And you guys are the 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 real stars. You're the real star because it was your imagination that created it and that gave it the value that it had other than my four hours of singing, but your 4,000 hours of experiencing it and playing it and going over it in your head and not even thinking for one second, who was it that sang the song? And then you got old, you got grew up. And then that's when people started th- thinking about who's the guy. Oh, yeah, it's a dude. I mean, it's a girl. <laughs> I mean, it's a black woman. I mean, it's Michael Jackson. That's those are the things. I, I, those are the two most com- most common comments. I thought it was Michael Jackson. I thought it was a black woman. <laughs> like, for real? Okay. I'll take that as a compliment. That's the best compliment mm-hmm. I could have. Cause man. Yeah, we we have one final question in the comment section, and then we'll. It's the get final question. Our good friend Danny uh, Danny Stewart from Comically Inclined, uh, he wanted to ask, uh, "What's your favorite cover of uh, the Pokemon theme song?" Ah, it's got to be the Jonathan Young heavy metal version. It is the most banging one. Uh, he's one of the first people to reach out uh to me to 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 do it and i'm so glad that, that he did he had a, he's got a whole pokemon album yeah uh, it's excellent and and he he sent me his track and i was like whoa i gotta step up i got to step up on this this is not your average pokemon song you right were, here this is already so, metal doing it but he's just like real me- like, oh yeah 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 and i wanted to just jump up jump even to the next level on it and lots of crazy screaming and high harmonies and all of that you know it is it's that's the best one that's definitely the best one really yeah, awesome. yeah. <laughs> i have never performed that we somebody asked if, if we would be at an event together and perform it together uh yeah. and it hasn't happened yet but <laughs> i don't know after that uh, these songs were not created in order to be performed. They were created to be recorded and played. So they are very hard to sing. Pokemon theme songs are already extremely hard to sing, and I've had to adjust myself to be able to execute it and make sure that I'm in good vocal health to really do it do it yeah. justice. Uh, but the Jonathan Young one, it's even more. It's even in another level of, of yeah. can I do that? I'm not even sure I could do it, to tell you the truth. I'm not sure he could either because he's, you know, I don't know how much live performances he he does either. Mm. That's, that's awesome. That's epic. Uh, well, we we got time to close it out with a with a sing along. Yeah. Oh yeah. We got one trivia question and a sing along. 
the what are we gonna say? What are we gonna say? Y'all, y'all, you got us any requests? <laughs> I, I think yeah. we all know. <laughs> I mean, it should be obvious. <laughs> I got my pipes ready. And, and, and people at home, don't be afraid to sing along too. Like, Please. I hope so. All right, here we go. Here we go. Now, now you fall to the song. Hook your mind. I won't be the very best like no one ever was. The Jackson is my real test. The is my car. I will travel across the land, searching far and wide. Pokemon, gotta catch them all. I know Second verse, second verse. Oh. Every challenge along the way. With courage, courage, I will face, 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 face. I will battle every day to claim my rightful place. Come with me, the time is right. There's no better team. Menard will win the fight. It's always been our dream. Pokemon, gotta catch up. It's you and me. I know it's not everything. In a world we must defend. Pokemon. Jonathan Young style right there, yo. <laughs> Guitar solo. You guys, that was that was fire. That, that was, was fun. Was, oh my god! It's beyond. <laughs> my god! <laughs> that, ladies and gentlemen, that was Jason Page, the voice Jason. of a generation, a legend. Yep, there it is. There it is. Voice of a generation, Gold Trainer Card, going right now. 
Two. I say Taylor. Taylor. Taylor Stiff. Yeah. Oh, Taylor Stiff. What? Congratulations, Taylor Stitch. Sorry. 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 To Taylor Stitch. All right. All right. Well, well deserved. Taylor. Absolutely. She says thank you. She says thank you. She's so floored. I don't blame her. Absolutely. Oh my god. Oh my gosh. Oh my screenshot of Taylor Stitch. Oh my gosh, yes. Yeah, that that is iconic. And how do you spell you guys? Your guys' company. Uh Saturday Night Nerds, uh just SNN. Just as it is, one word, right? Yep. Uh Saturday Night Nerds, SNN. Thank God one of us wearing is wearing the product. One one of us got the dress code. Oh, he's representing the Pokemon. Oh, oh, okay. He got the he got the Twitch the Twitch. Logo. Well, I got the merch on too. The merch, merch squad. We are we are rolling deep in here. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll have a consolation prize. Of, oh, for, <laughs> I think that's Ben. <laughs> oh, look at that! That is beautiful. You. Yeah, we truly appreciate you for coming out and, and sharing the game with us, man. Absolutely. Absolutely. This was great. That was that was, that was, was fun. fun. That was it fun. was fun. Absolutely. How was the sound? You could hear everything all right? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Good, good. StreamYards is good because I got I got it all set up. I got my compression hooked up. I got my my delay. <laughs> I got my effects ready to go. I got my tracks. I'm ready to yeah. do a concert right here. Yeah, you got the yeah, EQ and all that. <laughs> Basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh my yeah, gosh! All I need is my background singers back over there. Oh, <laughs> Y'all were my background singers. It was a little yeah. bit of a delay with the backgrounds, but that's all right. <laughs> yeah. You need some like interns. Like we will gladly follow you on your next tour <laughs> and help you out. Ah, uh, thank yeah. you. Think where are you guys located? Where where's everybody at right now? Uh, Missouri, Missouri, uh, Southeast Missouri. All three of you? Absolutely. Uh, yeah, most part, Cape Girardeau. Uh, well, you're in Marion, and right now, D, you're in K2, right? For the right now, right? Well, Will, Will's in New Madrid, yeah, uh, Missouri, and I'm in Jackson, Missouri. Jackson, so all right, Madrid, K. Yeah. And Kansas uh, City, I'm coming to Kansas City, uh, Collecticon. Oh, when is that? Yeah. That's in a couple of months. Very nice, uh, yeah. We'll see. So, so come we'll on, is that too far? That far from you guys? Can you make it out to that? We That's might, be, uh, I don't think it's that far if it's you're far. if you're. If you're ever in like the southeast Missouri area, Cape Girardeau, we uh, Cape Girardeau has their own like Comic Con in the fall, like in uh, the beginning of, of October. Oh, nice, nice, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, uh, There's Danny Stewart that's in our comment section now. He he he's in charge of the Cape Anime uh, Con. That's like every March or April every year. Every all right, all right, Danny Stewart, hit me up. Definitely, yeah, yeah absolutely, definitely. We We've gotten, I know Cape Con's got like stars from Power Rangers. They've had Ming Chen from Comic Book Men the last few years. So, yeah. Wow. And if I, if I, for some reason I can't get there, we could stream yard in, do a whole concert there, just put me up on a big screen, a sound system of oh, have, it, have it happen in any way. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> it, it's hard to say no to a Jason concert, it's, man. I mean, come on. I got all, I'm ready to go. I got my tracks. I got the whole thing right here. Yo, <laughs> we can make it happen. It's a concert. Let's go. How do I? Yeah. 
Uh, but I have the email address if you want to uh, reach. DeAndre will help that for sure. Absolutely. Cool. So no, that be that would be great. Yeah, there there's yeah. Uh, lots of voice actors that come out to this Cape Anime Con, so it, you could probably see some an, uh, Pokemon voice actors. Um, yeah, potentially. So, cool. Okay, yeah, I'm. I'm. You know, like I said, at least one, two, two a month is pretty much what my my average is. Okay. Uh, I don't want to get too overwhelmed by it because there's there's one every weekend. There's two every weekend somewhere. And not to mention the stores. I could just be hitting stores like every day. Uh, So, yeah, that's true. No, it should be the end, like the weekend of where it's the end of September or the beginning of October. So around that time. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Excellent. Excellent. So, yeah, hit me up with the uh, with the information and with the addresses to send us out. I can actually send it straight to Taylor or if you want me to send it to you, you can send it to her. Either way, it's totally fine. We'll, I'll, I'll definitely uh, shoot you guys the email after the show, and then cool. uh, we'll, we'll give you the link to our uh, YouTube channel so you can play it back and see. The restream, we'll be restreaming it. Excellent, yeah. excellent, gentlemen. I appreciate appreciate the time on here with with you. Any other any other uh, further questions? I think we're good. D well, yeah, we're all set, man. I appreciate you, man. Thanks again. Absolutely. Thank you for your time and just like hanging Thank out you. like having fun with us. We had a blast with you. You're welcome. I got the remix. Uh oh. Remix, remix, remix. 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 Oh, the remix. Remix, 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 remix. <laughs> I'm going to the gym after this. <laughs> yeah, it's a Thank you guys. That was fun. Right. Well, without further ado, that concludes today's episode. Thank you everybody for tuning in. Uh, shout out to Taylor. Your prize is on the way. Yeah. If anybody else wants it, you can get to jasonpage.com slash shop. All the goodies are there. Autograph um, items for everybody. Come on. Absolutely. Okay, Matt. <laughs> Thanks again. And that is it for the stream. Thanks, Let's everybody. Pass out.